everybody. Good morning, everybody. If you would, let's stand. We are going to worship the Lord this morning, and we're going to ask the Lord to wake us up. Amen. Anybody here need a little help this morning? We're going to sing your love awakens me. Amen. Here we go. One, two.
Yeah, it's your own fault, all right? By the way, some of you need to smile if you're saved, amen. All right? All right. How many of you know that I can live, I can face tomorrow because I know he lives, amen? Amen. Let's sing a little bit of that if we would. Here we go. One, two, three. Put your hands together.
Lord, a clap offering. Aren't you glad he lives? Amen. All right. If you would, put a smile on your face. Don't sit down. Turn tell somebody, you sure do look good this morning. Amen. And then we're going to continue to worship in just a moment. If you would, you can find your place and you may be seated. We've got just a, a few announcements and uh, we will all uh, continue on to worship in just a moment. So it's good to see everybody here. Happy Memorial Day weekend. And this is our uh, Memorial Day is when we honor those who have given the ultimate sacrifice for your freedoms and for my freedoms, those who have uh, given their lives for you and I. And so I'm going to do the announcements, but after we get through with the announcements, uh, we're going to have a time of prayer and just a time of silence just to remember those who paid the ultimate price for us as we celebrate that uh, this weekend, all right? Um, let me just give you a few announcements. Uh, first of all, any visitors in the house today? If you're a first-time, second-time visitor, raise your hand. All right, it's all home, folk. That is good, but here's the bad side of that. Uh, that means you need to be bringing somebody, amen, because we always need visitors in the house. So uh, be sure and invite somebody. I know it's summertime, uh, but get out there and invite them anyway, amen. Uh, so um, don't forget, Wednesday, we have a full slate of things. We start with Wednesday morning Bible study. Uh, if you don't have to work on Wednesday mornings, we would love to have you with us. Uh, even if you just uh, find yourself with a week off, uh, come visit us one, one time. Uh, we start at 10 a.m., and we go to 11 a.m. We're going through uh, the book of the Bible. Uh, I believe we're in, uh, uh, what are we in right now? <laughs> what are we? Uh, that's on Wednesday night. Uh, on, uh, I got three Bible studies going on in my brain, amen, and they're all in different books. So, But we're in the Bible. I promise you that. It's in the Bible, amen. All right. Uh, and then Wednesday night, we'll have a different Bible study, and I believe we are in Acts on that one, amen. Uh, so don't forget Wednesday night, 6 p.m. dinner. Uh, that's so you don't have to go home and cook. You can just come straight here. We'll feed you. Uh, Miss Mary always does a wonderful job. And in Miss Mary's place, uh, we had uh, Glenda and Rhonda and Teresa step up. Give them a big hand for stepping up and uh, helping out. Uh, but we always have a great meal for you. Thank you for those who fixed that. And then at 7 p.m., we have uh, services for everybody. We have a youth service meets in here. Uh, the kids service that meets in the middle there. And the adults, we do a Bible study in the fellowship hall there. So come and take, uh, partake of all that. Don't forget, we also have Sunday school. It's at 10 a.m. Uh, you could drag yourself out of the bed a little bit earlier. We would love to see you here. Uh, there's donuts all the time, amen. And so, uh, uh, listen, Jesus and donuts, you can't beat it, amen. Um, all right, uh, let's see. We need more volunteers helping with children in nursery. Thank you. They, we've had some step up, We're, uh, uh, but we still can always 
uh, use more. That's on Sunday mornings uh, for Children's Church and also on Wednesday nights. So you can see Miss Cindy or Miss Ginger if you can help because, again, we don't want anybody to burn out. And the only way that you prevent burnout is so that somebody's not having to do it all the time and they can also get fed. Amen. Uh, so uh, see one of them if you can help. Uh, don't forget your giving can be done uh, the old-fashioned way in the envelope, write a check or cash, uh, but you can also give online now. That is giving.landmarktyler.com. You set it up one time on PayPal, very simple, very easy, and you can set it up on a one-time or a recurring. We're, we'll just do it uh, every, every month or every week, however you want to do it. Uh, don't forget uh, church-wide picnic. Some asked, uh, Brother Mark, did you realize that was Father's Day? Uh, yes, we did, uh, but that's when it was open was Father's Day. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to bill it as where uh, you can bring Dad. We're going to give him a free gift at service that morning. Then you can take him out to the lake, and we're going to feed him uh, a nice, uh, what do we have, a hamburgers and hot dogs like last year? What is it? Pulled pork. Oh, even better. Stepping it up. Amen. Uh, so pulled pork, we're going to have that. Um, so uh, free, you can feed him free on our dime and uh, then take him swimming because I know dad probably loves swimming in the lake. And uh, we're also going to do baptisms out there. And then if you just feel like, you know, I didn't spend any money on dad, go ahead and take him on out for dinner. Amen. We won't charge you extra for that. All right. So uh, it'll be a good day uh, on Sunday, June the 19th. If you want to be baptized, uh, some of you have been saved, but you've never been baptized, you need to get baptized. Amen. So see me, uh, and that th th we do this once a year, and it's really the easiest way to get baptized. There's already a swimming hole out there. You just walk out in the water, and we dunk you. It doesn't get any easier than that. Amen. So uh, if you need to be baptized, uh, see me, and we'll put you on the list. All right? And then we also have a life recovery class for uh, those dealing with anxiety, hurts, depression and addictions in other words everybody in the building uh and so uh that will be meeting today at 2 p.m amen so uh right here if you need that all right uh let's let's take a moment if you would again this is memorial day uh, a lot of people get memorial day and veterans day mixed up uh veterans day we recognize those who are serving that are alive and who have served that are alive but memorial day the purpose of memorial day is to remember those who have given their lives for us who have paid the price and given their lives so that you and I can have freedoms, uh, the freedoms that we have. Amen. So I want to start today, and let's just uh, bow. We're going to start with a, a, just a, a time of silence, and then I'm going to pray for us, all right? Father, we thank you today as we remember those who have, uh, Lord, paid the ultimate price. Lord, we thank you for those who served in our military, God, and who gave of their lives, uh, gave everything they had, Father, uh, for our freedoms and to protect our freedoms, Lord. And Lord, what we enjoy, the freedoms of here today, even, even as we're in this building worshiping the Lord, uh, Lord, that freedom comes from those who, who gave their lives and spilled their blood on the field of battle, God. So we want to remember them today. We honor them today. And uh, God, we just pray that, Lord, you would just, uh, uh, Lord, help us to all through this weekend and through tomorrow just be in remembrance that uh, freedom is not free. It costs something. And so, God, we pray, and, Lord, we continue to pray for our country and the direction that our country is going. We pray for all those that are in the military uh, right now and are active, God. 
Would you put a hedge of protection around them, God? And would you keep them safe as they defend our freedoms, God? We love you. We thank you for this time, uh, God. We thank you for this holiday. But, Lord, again, may we be ever mindful uh, that uh, the great price that was paid as we enjoy these freedoms. And we pray all this in the strong, powerful, matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Let's all stand. And we're going to continue to worship. We're going to bless the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you. 
be seated. fails me all my days I've been held in your hands moment that I wake up until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God amen sing this with me Every breath that 
Father, we love you today. Lord, we thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace that you poured out on us. Lord, we just pray that, God, you would move in an incredible way now, Father God. As, Lord, as Brother Martin comes and shares, God, I pray that, God, you would just, uh, Lord, just fill him with your spirit, God. Speak to him and speak through him in an incredible way, Lord. We love you and we thank you. Thank you for the freedoms that we have in this country. Thank you, Lord, just for the opportunity to be in this place and to worship your name freely, God. We give you all the praise and the honor and the glory. And God, we pray that, God, now that you would move and speak into our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Uh, we have Children's Church. If you have children, uh, they can meet Miss Cindy and Miss Ginger over there at the door. And uh, Brother Martin is going to be preaching at us this morning. Give Brother Martin a big hand, if you would. And Brother Martin, you can come get this microphone. I don't think I need it, but I'll take it. I feel like the louder I get sometimes, maybe y'all might get a little excited too with me. So, so it's Memorial Day weekend. And uh, those of you that have been around a while, uh, if you remember correctly, Brother Mike used to always wear either a USA shirt or a USA t-shirt. I always thought it was kind of cheesy, <laughs> if we're being honest. Not that not, I'm not a blue-blooded American like anybody else here, but, you know, it's something older people do. Well, I think I'm starting to get to older people because I've been looking for uh, an American flag shirt, so... Haven't found the right one, but I will one day, and you will start seeing me wear it on those holidays when we are celebrating something here at the church. So I did my very best of wearing red, white, and blue. I put on some blue jeans, and I know this is not red, but it's the reddest thing I have. And so if we're going to keep up with Brother Mike's theme, I'm colorblind. So just pretend this is dark red, but... We are celebrating Memorial Day this weekend, or Monday it will be. And, you know, one of the things that I feel like our country kind of lacks is that a lot of times we forget our history. We've had it so good that our kids don't need to remember what's happened. Our kids have been so blessed that they don't need to remember everything that has happened in this nation. Is it all pretty? Absolutely not. But it's our history. And, you know, the Bible tells us specifically, if you don't remember your history and you don't remember what's happened, you're bound to repeat it. And we are seeing that play out before our very own eyes. 
So just to get us started, I'm going to give you a few facts on Memorial Day, how it started, what's different than it and Veterans Day. Brother Mark already alluded to that. The main difference between Veterans Day, which is November 11th, and Memorial Day, I had to think for just a second. I was thinking September 11th. That's another tragedy. But the main difference is that on November 11th, we remember everybody who has served, everybody who's ever donned a uniform. On Memorial Day, we remember those who paid the ultimate price. They not only served, but they gave everything that they had. Now, that's not to diminish anybody that served, but... Um, just a couple quick things. Uh, Memorial Day is observed the last Monday in May. Uh, and the reason that it's, it's uh, celebrated that day is that is not a date where there was any major battle that has happened in U.S. history. They picked that day specifically, so it's not, uh, I guess, colliding with another major battle or another event. And so there's 25 places that claim to be the origin of Memorial Day. There's one in Bowlesburg, Pennsylvania in 1864. It's been told that three women went to the grave of, uh, of uh, I guess, Civil War soldiers, and they decorated the grave. The very next year, more people joined them, and they decorated the graves of Civil War soldiers. Memorial Day started as a celebration of those who died in our Civil War. That went on for years and years and years. In May 1865, it's been told that in Charleston, South Carolina, that there was, um, there was a, a, uh, a camp there for prisoners, and there were a lot of soldiers that died in that camp. So there were some African-American women that built a, a fence around this place, and they went and they decorated those graves there back in 1865. So that's another place that I guess claims where it started. In 1866, Mississippi held or, uh, a formal observance for both troops, both Union and Confederate soldiers. And so it wasn't until 1966 that Congress, and you know we have to trust our government, said that Waterloo, New York was the birthplace of Memorial Day. Regardless of what it was, the meaning behind it of honoring those that died on whatever side it might have been in the Civil War, that both sides could reach across the aisle and you go and you say you fought and you died and you gave everything that you believed in. That's big, folks. I don't have to agree with everything that everybody says, but I can be respectful, amen? And we are missing that in our world today. It was originally called Decoration Day, and it only applied to Civil War troops. It wasn't until World War I that it became, or it, I guess it grew to observe soldiers killed in all the wars. All our soldiers were brought under this flag, and then it became known. It moved from Decoration Day, where you go and decorate the graves, to Memorial Day. And then in 2000, um, one of our greatest presidents, Bill Clinton. No eggs. Okay. <laughs> he declared that at 3 o'clock local time on the 30th, which will be Monday, is when you, we are supposed to take a moment and recognize that we are here in what is the greatest country in the world because there were some that were willing to pay the ultimate price and I don't, I don't think we know how huge that is. 
And, and we probably don't because we never have, have had to face that. But there are some that did that. And so I know you're going to have your hot dogs and your 30 packs and, uh, you know, all those things that you may have. But let's also remember why we get to celebrate that. Amen. And so I'm going to start uh, in the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 45, and I'm going to give you one verse. And this verse right here, to me, is the perfect verse for this day. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. There are many throughout our history that have donned the uniform, that have been asked to leave as 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds, 20-year-olds, leave their families, and they were asked to do. What do you do when you join the military? You serve, right? And then you get to the point where you not only serve, but a, a lot of them, what we're celebrating is that they gave up their life as a ransom so that you and I could have the privileges that we have and we could have the freedoms that we have. And regardless of whatever problems and differences we have, this is still the greatest country in the world. There's people that are willing to die to get here. Amen? So... I just thought that was a great verse. That's not really going to be the overall uh, theme of my sermon this morning. My theme is actually, it's uh, blind lessons is the theme. I don't like making up titles. I don't know why we have to have titles for sermons, but blind lessons. There it is. So we're going to start on verse 46, and we're going to go through uh, verse 52. So we're going to go Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. And it says, now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho, sorry, I lost my place. Well, I'll just read my chicken scratch here. Oh, here I am. Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude, blind Bar Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. So this is talking about Jesus and the multitude leaving Jericho. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he, became, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Now, that alone right there is an amazing story. That alone will preach all day long. That alone shows salvation. That alone is a salvation message. But that, that, that is also a message of how we can grow. Because you can, you can not only be blind and be unsaved, you can be saved and be blind as also. So this may apply to two different types of people, and there's only two, those saved and those unsaved. And it's an amazing story of a blind man's testimony, a blind man's determination to be healed. 
Really, we're seeing the story of one of our most beloved hymns that we love to sing over and over and over. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. I don't know where the, the inspiration came for that hymn, but this fits this message perfectly. And so Bartimaeus, unlike the, the church people of the day, the Pharisees, and believe it or not, you or I would be the church people of the day because we're the church people of this day. Those church people, they questioned Jesus' authority. And they accused him of being from Beelzebub. I like that name, Beelzebub. Or as you, you may know it, the devil. They accused Jesus of doing what he did and his powers came from the devil. But here we have a blind man, Bartimaeus, a guy who cannot see. And he is screaming out and he is dropping some biblical knowledge to anyone who is listening to what he is saying. Even before this blind man had contact with Jesus, even before he had heard that Jesus was the one walking by, even before he knew who, what the crowd was milling around for, the fact that Bartimaeus calls out and he uses the name Son of David, he already knew who Jesus was. He didn't just say Jesus, he said, no, Son of David, have mercy on me. He knows that in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, that the Bible prophesied way before he was born that the Messiah, you will know him because he will be a descendant of David whose kingdom will last forever and ever and ever and ever. So he doesn't just use a common name. He says, son of David. He says, I believe you are who you are because Isaiah said you were going to be here and I know that that is you, so I'm going to cry out to you. Amen? The second thing that I want to expunge to you a little bit deeper, and I know I walked in today with this thing and some of those men that are standing at the door guarding it, I snuck right by them, by the way. <laughs> we weren't doing a very good job. They looked at me and they're like, is he old? Is it cold in here? <laughs> and I, I brought this today. Yes, I'm a huge Longhorns fan. I've always been one, always will be. But I brought this today because when I first started my ministry, um, we painted my church office burnt orange. The kids all knew that I was a huge Longhorn fan. And so I think two years into my ministry, Allison Daniels went down to Walmart bought some fabric, did a little tearing at the ends and tied all this together. And she gave it to me for my birthday or pastor's day. I don't really know, but she gave it to me. And this right here, yes, it's just a piece of cloth. But to me, it means so much more because this thing has gone to the Philippines with me on mission trips. This thing has gone on mission trips with me to Mexico. This thing has made a trip to church camp 15, 16 times, however many times I've been. This, this piece of garment right here has been to Canada, it's been to the Philippines, it's been to Mexico, it's been to Maine, it's been to Washington, it's been to Florida, it's been everywhere that we've ever been, the Grand Canyon, it's been to uh, uh, Big Bend, it's been everywhere. But there's also been times 
when I'm not able to sleep and I, and I have spiritual warfare going on and I have to get up and this has been my companion at times when everybody else is asleep, this has kept me comforted. This, this at times has been my cloak when I'm crying out to God and, and it's me and God trying to do business. This right here, when I got COVID, it was what I wrapped myself in. This has been what I've wrapped my children up in when they don't feel good. I'll take it to them and I'll put it over them and then, you know, sometimes they won't want to give it back, but I sneak in there and I get it back anyway. <laughs> it's just a piece of cloth to many. But it means a whole lot to me because of everything it's meant to me, everywhere it's gone to me, and the comfort that it's provided me. And so I say that to say this. I want to teach you about the importance of a cloak in those days and times. A cloak was a very important piece of clothing. It was an exterior tunic. It was wide and it was long, went down to your ankles. It was an outer garment but it was also a blanket for the people of the day at nighttime. It was also a pillow. It was also something that was constantly with them. No matter where they traveled, no matter what was going on, if they were sick, if they were hungry, whatever was happening, their tunic, their cloak was always with them. And it meant a lot to them. It was, an import, it was so important that if, and I, I could probably do this with some of you, but if I wanted to borrow some money, I could go down to the bank or I could go down to my neighbor. In, the, in that day and time, you could take your cloak and you could, you could go take it and say, I need $100. And you could borrow money against a cloak. That's crazy. But even though... Even though I could use it as collateral, in Exodus 22, the Bible says that the person that you borrowed money from could not keep your cloak past sunset. So every day, whoever was holding that as collateral would have to bring it to you. And in, in Exodus 22, the Bible says that it had to be returned to the owner before sunset in Deuteronomy 24, the Lord doubles down and he says, if you return the cloak back to its owner, then I will see you as a righteous person. I don't want my people to be cold. I don't want my people to not have warmth and comfort. And yes, they can borrow money using their cloak or their tunic, but you will return it daily to them because I want them to be warm at night. Amen. But see, Bartimaeus is, goes even beyond that. It means a little more to him. It's a little more important to him. Because see, Bartimaeus was blind. So the only thing he could do was sit on the road. And all he could do was just beg. He sat there begging for pennies, begging for quarters, begging for nickels. So I'm sure Bartimaeus used to probably sit and have the blanket or his tunic right in front of him. So that people, they weren't going to touch him because he was a sinner. So they'd walk by and they would throw a penny. And instead of throwing the penny on the ground and it rolling off somewhere and Bartimaeus going around crawling trying to find the money that he had just been given, they would toss it into his lap or they would toss it into, if he sat it down and he could reach down and he was blind, but it was the way that he made his living. It was the way that he kept from struggling. It was the way that brought him food to eat. It provided for him. 
So it was a little more important to him than just for warmth. So there's a few things that I want us to take from the sermon this morning. The very first thing that I want to impart on you is that when you are chasing Jesus, when you're excited about, about Jesus, when you're excited about your relationship with God, when you are following him, when you are on fire for God, when you hear the voice of God and you know that you and God are on the same page and you're excited... There's other voices that are going to try to drown your excitement out. There are other voices that are going to say, no, 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 no. You can believe in him. You can go to heaven. But don't you get excited about Jesus. Let me put a little damper on your fire. Let me put a little damper on what you know. Let me put a little damper on your excitement about Jesus. Being blind, Bartimaeus asks, what is going on? And they tell him, Jesus is walking by. It's not like he can just jump up and start or, or walk to follow Jesus. So Bartimaeus uses the only tool that he has. He says, son of David, have mercy on me. He uses the only thing that he knows to use in that time. He can't get up and run after Jesus because he's blind and there's a crowd of people. So he says, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says that the crowd around Jesus, the church people that are following Jesus, there's some tra translations that say that they turned and they rebuked Bartimaeus. Shut up. He don't have time for you. He's on an important mission. Be quiet, Bartimaeus. Quit bothering the Messiah. They disapproved of him crying out to Jesus. They disapproved of his behavior. And if that wasn't bad enough, what about the internal voices? We all have them. We all listen to them. You've just been rebuked by some other voice telling you to be quiet. Don't be a holy roller. Don't put your trust. It can't be real. What you're doing is not real. You need to pipe down, show up to church, sit here for an hour, hour and a half, and then go home, and then that's the end of it. What about the internal voices? Can you imagine Bartimaeus sitting there? He already has these external voices that are rebuking him, but he's, 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 he's listening to these internal voices. You are a sinner. You are a beggar. If you weren't a sinner, you wouldn't be blind. If you weren't a sinner, you wouldn't be a beggar. Jesus has no time for you. You're not worthy of, it, uh, of him paying any attention. You deserve to be where you are. Any of you ever told yourself that? You deserve poverty. You deserve sickness. You deserve the loneliness. You deserve the shame. You deserve the suffering. You deserve everything you get because of the choices that you make every day that are unpleasing to God. And you know what they are. You deserve to be exactly where you are. Why would God, why would Jesus bless somebody like you? Because <laughs> he sees what you do. He sees what you think. 
He sees everything that nobody else sees. And those voices go on in your head. They go on in my head. God can't use anybody like you. God can't do anything with you. You just sit down, you be quiet, and you just take those crumbs that God gives you every once in a while because that's all you deserve. But instead of being silenced, Bartimaeus cries out even louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Instead of listening to the crowd, he cries out louder. Instead of listening to his internal voices, he cries out louder. Remember, anytime we get excited about chasing Jesus, anytime we get excited about drawing closer to the Lord, the voices will try to dampen your spirits. They're going to try to dampen your excitement. But I challenge you, I challenge myself, cry out louder. Cry out louder to God. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, hear my plea. Jesus, son of David, release me from these things that keep me in chains. Jesus, son of David, be with me. Amen. The next thing that I want to show you about some blind lessons from this blind man. <laughs> Our relationship with Christ. It's personal. It's personal. I don't know how many times I've said that. I don't know how many times I've had to tell myself that. I can't have a relationship for my girls with Christ. They can't have a relationship with Christ for me. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. A relationship with Jesus Christ is personal. And this is a beautiful affirmation that our God is a relational God. This is a beautiful affirmation that Brother Mark and I are not lying to you when we tell you he wants a personal relationship with you. He wants to have an intimate relationship with us. He wants to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with us. The people thought that Bartimaeus was blind because he was a sinner or his parents had sinned. And because his parents had sinned or his grandparents had sinned, then this was just punishment that he was blind. And rightly so. I bet Bartimaeus, if he grew up blind, he wasn't invited to the birthday parties at Chuck E. Cheese. He wasn't invited to the swimming pool parties. He didn't have anybody fix him a valentine on Valentine's Day to give to him. As silly as that is, can you imagine going your life with not having any of those things? Because you are blind, you are a sinner, and therefore, I don't want my kids to have anything with you in case it's catching. He was never invited to the Christmas parties. He was never invited to the celebrations. And day by day... Day by day, he just sits on the side of the road, and he just listens. I mean, he can't even see. He just listens for people walking by. And he relies on people every once in a while to throw a nickel, throw a quarter, throw a penny, throw something so he can buy himself some bread. Every day, can you imagine living that way? I can't. And so that's his lot in life. 
And so the people are telling him to be quiet. People are passing him by day by day. But the Bible says that when he calls out to Jesus, Jesus stops. Thousands of people have passed him on the road. Jesus here, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops. And he says, who is that? Oh, it's just the blind beggar. You don't want anything to do with him. Stand him up. Bring him to me. Jesus doesn't only stop. He waits. The maker of heaven and earth, the awaited Messiah, the savior of the world, he stops and he waits. He waited for Bartimaeus to be called. Somebody go call him. He waited for the blind man to make his way to him. He can't see, so I'm sure he's trying to fumble his way to Jesus. He waited to hear the request of Bartimaeus. He waited where the others would not. He waited when no one else would. And in the same way that he waited for Bartimaeus, we tell ourselves a lie that somehow he's not going to wait on us. If he will wait for the blind beggar, he will wait on us. He will wait on us to come to him. He will wait on us to stand up. He will wait on us until the scales fall off our eyes and we're no longer blind. He will wait on us to come to him and ask our request. Whether you're saved or unsaved, he will wait on you to make your request known. Amen. If that's not personal, I don't know what is. Nobody else was willing to do that. Nobody else had that relationship with Bartimaeus. But the King of kings and the Lord of lords stops, he waits, and he brings them forward. What a beautiful picture of our Savior. What a beautiful picture that we do not have to work our way to heaven. We just have to cry out, he stops, he waits, and we come to him. Amen. The third thing that I want to impart to you today is to be ready. Be ready for what, Brother Martin? You've already told me. Uh, have a personal relationship with him. Um, you've already given us some different, some different rules. It, it is a personal relationship, but you've got to be ready to cast the obstacles aside. <laughs> Anytime you follow after Jesus, your wife's going to get mad at you. Anytime you follow after Jesus, your dog's going to bite you. Anytime you follow after Jesus, your boss is going to get on to you. Anytime you start wanting to read your Bible, Facebook is going to have some beautiful drama, especially in Chapel Hill Community Page. Look at that. Anytime you try to follow after Jesus, there will be obstacles, but you got to put them aside. Hebrews, Hebrews 12 says that he, we are encouraged to lay aside every obstacle or anything that blocks us from God. Lay aside everything that keeps you from God. If it's not encouraging you to move towards God, if it's not letting you move towards God, then move it aside. It doesn't matter if it's your family. It doesn't matter if it's your children. It doesn't matter if it's your spouse. It doesn't matter what it is. got to be willing to put it aside. It doesn't matter if it's your job. It doesn't matter if it's your finances. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be good for you, but it's not good in your walk with God. Amen? Doesn't have to be anything bad, 
the Bible says the Bartimaeus, when he hears, when he hears that Jesus is calling him, he takes his cloak and he's wearing it and he throws it away. He throws it away. He wanted to be free of any obstacles in his way. He wanted to be free of anything getting in his way of walking with, to Jesus. The cloaks were long and they draped down to your ankles. And if you're a blind man, it, it, it's, it's a perfect catastrophe waiting to happen. You're probably already nervous because you know you're the center of attention because it's a multitude that's following him. And your ankles could get wrapped up in it and down you go. described to you earlier what, what a cloak what a tunic meant he was giving up his warmth he was giving up his way of making money he was giving up the only thing that had been with him day in and day out he was giving up his comfort he threw the cloak away so it wouldn't trip him up it was a show of faith that Bartimaeus knew he knew that when he got to Jesus, Jesus would heal him. He knew that he would no longer be blind and he could go to work and he could go do something different. He knew that he no longer had to beg. He knew that Jesus would provide his every need. And up until that day, his cloak was what provided for him and he threw it away. And the Bible doesn't say that he went back and picked it up. What things do we find comfort in? What things do we cling to for comfort? And again, they may not be bad things. They may be good things. They may be things like, you know, well, we're going to take a family trip or we're going to do this or we're going to do that. One of the greatest things that I've ever done and it's not me, but when I gave my life to Christ, my girls came to church every day, every Wednesday, every Sunday. When they got a little bit older, I gave them the option. They were old enough to make their own decisions. One of the joys of a father is when your children go off, wasn't forced, and you get a text and you say, hey, Poppy, I'm going to go try this church out this Sunday. Like, it's your first weekend. You're not going to a kegger? <laughs> I can't impart, I can't make them have that relationship. But it's amazing that they do that. And they're not perfect by any means. Pretty close to it, but not. <laughs> but it's amazing that they want to have that relationship. That they know that. The greatest thing you can do as a parent even when your kids sometimes don't want to, bring them to church. We have to cast those obstacles aside. And in Luke, uh, Luke's version of this story, it says uh, that when Bartimaeus goes to Jesus, it says that he immediately receives sight, and Jesus says, go your way, go your way, but Bartimaeus follows God. He follows Jesus, and the Bible says in Luke, it goes into a little more detail, that he is glorifying God as he's following Jesus. As he's walking along with the multitude, he's glorifying God. Then the Bible says that many of the people saw that, and they praised God. 
the day that you claim to be a Christian to the people that you used to hang out with, the day that you claim to be a Christian and you're going to do something for God and you're going to come to church and you're going to serve and you're going to be faithful, everybody that you tell that, everybody that whispers behind your back and says, oh, Brother Martin's a holy roller now, don't invite him to the bar because all he's going to do is talk about Jesus. And we don't want that around here. They're watching. This is the affirmation right here. Will you follow him? And when you follow him and you're glorifying him, others are going to praise him. Amen? You don't have to be the preacher. You don't have to be the Sunday school teacher. You preach every single day by how you follow him. I preach every single day by how I follow him. And there's days that I preach well, and there's days that I, I'm like Jesus and I'm preaching with the whip. In my head. The last thing I want you to get out of the message today, don't pay attention to the crowd. The crowd is ever-changing. The same people that were telling Bartimaeus, shush, Bartimaeus, Jesus doesn't have time for you. When Jesus stops and calls Bartimaeus, bring him to me, they pick him up. They're like, oh, we're going to Jesus. Come on. We're going together. They're like, praise Jesus. He does have time for you. We're going together. These are the same people that on Palm Sunday, they were taking their tunics and their coats off and throwing them down on the road. And if they were too poor for that, they were cutting the palm leaves down and they were throwing them down and saying, Messiah, Messiah, he's our king, our savior's here. But on Friday, they were screaming, crucify him. You will get the same result out of people. The same people that will encourage you one minute will discourage you the next. One thing that we've preached over and over and over, do not focus your eyes on me. I will let you down. Do not focus your eyes on Brother Mark. He will let you down. Because we can be Palm Sunday one day, and then we can be crucifixion Friday the next day. If you focus on us. Focus your eyes on Jesus. See, people respond to external circumstances. People respond to the things going on outside. But if we focus our eyes on Jesus, he works from the inside out. I will let you down. I'm just a human, just like you. I'm just a sinful person. Don't focus your eyes on me or Brother Mark, because we're part of the crowd. Focus your eyes on a standard that does not change. And Robert, in Sunday school, I was like, okay, Lord, this is the message. In Hebrews 13, 8, it says that Jesus, God, he is the same yesterday, he is the same today, he is the same tomorrow, and he is the same forevermore. Do not listen to the crowd. People will turn on you. Some of the worst hurts that you're ever going to get are from Christians, but that's because you put your hope in somebody that's in the flesh. You did not focus your eyes on Jesus. You focused on somebody that is not Jesus, that is ever-changing, but the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, he's the same today, he's the same tomorrow, and he's the same forevermore. Amen?
Thank you for having me this morning. That is the end of my message. Amen. That's good stuff. Amen. You know, I, I'm encouraged, uh, Brother Martin, preaching that, that, um, man, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, uh, you know, as we celebrate Memorial Day, uh, and it talks about how some gave all, you know, uh, how many of us are willing to lay our lives down for what Christ has done for us? You know, we have... Uh, as we remember those who paid the price so that we could have the freedoms that we have in America, at the same time, uh, how many of us are willing to lay down our lives for the cause of Christ? Uh, you know, we are literally, the uh, scripture talks about how we are an army. We are an army of God. And uh, that's a full-time job, amen? Uh, Brother Brian, there's no days off in the military. Brother Jared, there's no days off in the military. It's uh, when you sign up, it's that's your concentration. That's your life. And in the same way, when you sign up to be in the army of God, there's no off days. As Brother Martin said, somebody's watching you all the time. Somebody's paying attention to what you're doing. Uh, whether you think you're on an on day or an off day, there are no off days. Because even on the off days, somebody's watching you. And your witness is how you live that life before Christ. So that's a great message. Amen. We're going to have a time to respond. Brother Chris is playing. And uh, we're just going to give you an opportunity uh, if you would like to come and pray. Uh, Brother Martin will be over here. He, he would love to pray over you. I'm a, I'll be over here. The altar is open if you just need to come and ask the Lord. I would re uh, not only remind you to pray uh, and thank the Lord for, uh, for those that gave all, uh, but just remember uh, those of us, we have many folks that are sick right now, many folks that are dealing with uh, illnesses and with cancer and uh, uh, different things. As many of you didn't hear, uh, Miss BJ had a mini stroke this uh, this last week, and so uh, she's at home recovering. Uh, so, uh, man, God, just we, need, we have so many that need prayer right now, amen, and many that are struggling. Uh, but I'm here to tell you our hope is in Jesus Christ. So this altar's open. Uh, we can do nothing greater and nothing stronger than to get on our knees. This is a battle we don't fight with weapons. We fight it on our knees with prayer. Amen. Father, have your will and your way in this place today. And God, I just pray that, Lord, that people will do business with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. As Brother Chris is going to play. And uh, you come if you need to come to the altar.
amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Martin, thank you for that message. Let's give Brother Martin one more hand. Listen, I do, I do want you to have a great holiday. I hope most of you are off work tomorrow uh, and as you celebrate uh, Memorial Day. But remember, uh, have fun, but don't, uh, don't be stupid. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. So we're glad that you're here. And uh, let's just thank the Lord. All right. Father, we love you. Thank you for the time that we've had together. And uh, God, I pray that you'd help us this weekend. Keep everyone safe as we celebrate the holiday. Put a hedge of protection around all of us. Keep us all safe. Bring us back next Sunday. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.